Hey everyone, we're replaying one of our all-time most popular episodes this week. This episode originally came out in March of 2016. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. See you then. Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between doing just one more push-up and eating just one more cupcake, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I am a comedian and an actor and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we get started, remember to talk to your doctor before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, did you see the conversation about Bulletproof Coffee on our Facebook page? Oh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't hear it yet, a couple episodes ago, uh, we did a This Is Crazy Right um, talking about Bulletproof Coffee. I am a skeptic. Daphne says it's not it's like, crazy. Yeah. Um, we had a listener who <laughs> tried it. Shout out to you. How did she um, describe it? Like a, there's a oil Yeah, there's like, like, like an oil spill. It looked like an oil spill on top like, of my coffee. Thank you, because <laughs> this is what I assumed it was like. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is, uh, it is, um, uh, it makes me feel redeemed to have someone else uh, second and, and what is, I thought about that it. That is if you don't drink it right away. It can be kind of creamy and wonderful, but yeah, when you let it sit for a little bit, oh, it totally looks like an oil spill on top <laughs> of your coffee. Um, so if you want to talk to us about the stuff we talk about on the podcast, or if you want to tell us about your experiments with Bulletproof Coffee, following us on Facebook, liking our Facebook page is a great way to do that. We respond super fast because we're humans who have Facebook on our phones like everyone else. I even else. checked the, the Facebook page. Your response time is like rated, <laughs> rated excellent. Because I have no life, so I will respond to you. Um, tell us your stories. Tell us what you want to hear about. If we say something on the podcast that you think sounds ridiculous, let us know because we want to talk about it. Chances are I agree with you. Uh, and it's good, it's good to have more normal people backing me up. Um, but seriously, uh, like our Facebook page. Uh, it's a great way to let us know what you're interested in. And we want um, your questions. Yeah, yeah. We love interacting with you guys. We want to become your best friends. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the cult of just one more. <laughs> so just a little coconut oil side note. So I haven't been drinking many smoothies since the start of winter because it's just been freezing. And right. It hasn't been that cold. But it's been cold-ish, and I just haven't mm -hmm. been craving smoothies for breakfast so I was just at home in California for about a week and a half, and my family's really big into our, you know, the, 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 Vitamix. the Yang family <laughs> Vitamix, and we were making smoothies for the whole family every morning and putting coconut oil in the smoothie, and I kid you not, in three days, I could tell my nails were growing thicker and faster and stronger. It was That's so crazy. instantaneous. And I know it was because of the coconut oil. So if I'm the, making a smoothie just for myself, how much coconut oil would I put in there? I say a dollop. A dollop. A little dollop. Spoonful? A, yeah, a little spoonful. Okay. Um, and we were making smoothies for four people, and we did like a big dollop. Mm -hmm. So just a small, small dollop. dollop. Yeah, and that's actually a question that people have gotten, or people have... Um, Ask me a lot. If you want to measure out mm -hmm. like half a tablespoon, go ahead and measure it out. But you can be pretty, uh, don't be fearful of the coconut oil yeah. calories. 
they're, they're really beneficial. But you know what I was thinking? If I noticed such a difference in my nails, and it was so, and I remember one time when I was in middle school and I got really into healthy eating and I noticed, you know, my nails getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it, if that's with the nails, imagine what it's doing for your hair, your skin, your teeth, your mm-hmm. hair, your eyes. Um, all right, I said hair. Uh, but then also <laughs> your, your organs too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this whole bulletproof, co- I know it's so weird to put butter in coffee and I personally haven't done it since, since our, um, since, Since our, our, our episode, yeah, <laughs> and that's mainly just because of of time. Yeah, um, but I do think it's funny how I'll be like, yeah, try <laughs> try butter and oil in your coffee, but don't go on a juice cleanse. <laughs> yeah. That's why we love you. Yeah, I think it's yeah. also totally important, like. Um, when our listener said that she tried the bulletproof coffee and thought it was gross, I think it's so important to say like. And we talk about this all the time. Like, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't like bulletproof coffee, there's no reason to choke down some bulletproof coffee. Yeah. If you're already a coffee drinker and you think it's something that sounds interesting, like, try it. But if you don't like it, don't do it. Like, there's there's no reason to, like, um, you know, terrorize yourself. Yeah. There um, are very few things that I will tell people to, like, people who don't want to do something. There are very few things that I... Like, like, yes, I encourage people to move their bodies. Right. And I think the other one would be to eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you don't want to eat breakfast. I'm going to make you eat breakfast because I know this is good yeah. for you. But if if bulletproof coffee doesn't work for you, yeah, and I'm sure there are a lot then of people, it doesn't work with. you can some coconut oil in your smoothie. Yeah. I bet you yeah. don't even taste it. Uh, it's so, it gives it this wonderful, almost like kind of tropical <laughs> feel mm. to it. Yeah. Mm. You do notice a it a little vacay. bit. Yeah, yeah. A little vacay in your smoothie. In my glass. Mm-hmm. Or you can just slather coconut oil on your body. Sure. <laughs> it's a great moisturizer. Why not? When I used to... Yeah. That's kind of gross. When I used to work in a restaurant that no longer exists um, that made pizzas, uh, I was like asking for lotion one day if anyone had lotion. And my boss was like, just put some olive oil oh. on it from the squirt bottle. And I was like, oh, I guess that technically works. <laughs> so now if I ever, like, get oil on my hands, I just, like, rub it yeah, in on my skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah it's natural. It's yeah. a natural moisturizer. It is. <laughs> uh, awesome. So today we're going to talk about abs. Yay! Abs, abs, abs. The truth feel, about abs. The truth about abs. I feel like I should say it in, like, a more stereotypical, like, California beach abs. body voice. We're going to talk about abs. <laughs> I like that one. Daphne, <laughs> tell me about abs. What are abs? I promise I won't do this the whole episode. Yeah, that and I'm from so California, annoying. and I actually... The land of abs. Yeah, the, the land of abs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we don't all talk like that. Maybe in Southern California they do, but, but in Northern <laughs> California... We talk normal. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this topic. I feel so, like this is this is definitely something people are curious about. Totally, everyone yeah. wants hot abs, right? Yeah, men, everyone, women, babies, yeah. dogs. Everybody wants hot everybody, abs. Yeah, everybody. It's such a. It's become so symbolic in our culture. Yeah, it totally it? is. Yeah. Um, definitely, like when people make body based fitness goals, abs are a big one. Like yeah. I want a six pack or yeah, yeah. You know. And you look at um, the most googled. Uh, and the most YouTube searched workouts, and it's all it's all ab workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about this this notion of a flat stomach, and mm-hmm. there's there's something about this notion of a flat belly uh, that is just so appealing. Like like people who have flat stomachs are more attractive and have more fun and and are sexier and all the moms who have ever had kids are sta- sitting here like flipping off the 
the world right now because guess what's not possible when you've pushed children out of your body? Exactly, yeah. Um, and it's not so much about, uh, I kind of like to view this as it's not so much about, um, don't focus so much on the aesthetic, focus on strengthening your entire core, which we're going to get into like really in depth on how and why, um, how to do that and why we do that. But the great thing is a more... A, a, a trimmer waistline is kind of the byproduct of strengthening your core in a proper way, reducing stress levels and eating the right amount of foods and also doing the right amount of uh, cardiovascular exercises. Awesome. So let's start talking about what abs actually are. Other than little lumps that I can ideally see popping <laughs> out of my super flat stomach that I totally have, um, what are abs? Okay. So abs are, the term abs is short for abdominals. And so the abdominals are the muscles that surround your spine and the muscles that surround your spine, the muscles that are in front of your spine. And the goal of these muscles is just to stabilize your spine. And um, the reason why we have our six pack muscle or, you know, that ab muscle on the front of our stomach, its primary goal is just to bend our body forward. Isn't that hmm. so interesting to think about that? Yeah. It's, just, it's only goal in life. Thank goodness so, I can bend forward though. Think of all the things I would not be able to do mm -hmm. if I couldn't bend forward. I couldn't yeah. tie my shoes. Yeah. I couldn't pick, well, I could pick stuff up if I dropped it, but I'd have to do like a you'd back have to bend. Like, yeah. You'd have to go the other way. <laughs> I'd have to go the other way. Uh, what else couldn't I do? I couldn't, um like stick my face in a plate of donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, donuts. <laughs> um, so, so in terms of the abdominal muscles, uh, I'm just going to go over from an anatomy standpoint, just what ab muscles are, wh which one is which. And um, Ooh, there's more than one. There are. Yeah. Mm. There are quite a few actually. And um, where they're located on your body. So the main one that everyone knows, and this is, uh, I, I think that when we say, six-pack abs or washboard abs everyone right away you know what I'm talking about this is the ab muscle that is the front wall of your stomach so this is called the the rectus abdominis so this is located along the front of your abdomen and um, this is this is what's referred to as the six-pack so your rectus abdominis is the front wall of your stomach so everyone, if you take your hands right now and you just kind of put them on your belly. I'm doing it. Belly rub. I am too. <laughs> That's our rectus abdominis. I don't know if I'm feeling it right now, but... I'm no, feeling I'm the sandwich I had for lunch. <laughs> I'm feeling my, my pretzels in there. No. <laughs> um, so the rectus abdominis is located along the front of your abdomen. Next, we have our internal and external obliques, or I like to just call them your waistline. So your external oblique is located on the side and the front of your abdomen. So if everyone, you all put your hands on your waist right now, you can you can kind of poke around and you can feel your external obliques. You feel them? Yeah. Yeah. So those are like my side, your side muscles. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Your side your side muscles. You also have internal obliques, and these are located under the external obliques. Okay. So, so the a internal layers of mm -hmm. side abs. A couple layers of side abs. You have your um, you have your, everyone imagine like a flank steak sure. of, a, of a cow. And so that's kind of what runs up and down your, your, um, <laughs> Yo, Daphne, that's I want you to help me strengthen my flank steak. <laughs> want a really sexy flank steak on the side. If a guy ever said that to me, gosh, I don't know what I would think. I would be like, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. External obliques. <laughs> and the internal obliques are there. Um, so they're underneath your external obliques. 
and they the, the fibers actually run in the in the opposite direction. Oh, so, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we have two layers of oblique muscles, and then we have uh, I consider this probably the most important ab muscle. Uh, this is your transverse abdominus, and so the transverse abdominus is actually located underneath the obliques. It's the the deepest, most innermost abdominal muscle, and it wraps around your spine, uh, kind of like a weight belt. If you've ever I think seen it a is weight like belt, my internal donut. It is your internal donut. Yeah, it's your internal weight belt. It's your um, <laughs> and, and and it's there for stability and protection. So it's what keeps your lower back super strong and it, it, it protects those discs. So I actually recommend people don't wear weight belts. Um, and my dad always wears one. And I'm always like, Dad, you just need to do planks. And he's just focus such... on your internal donut. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always um. He, he's been wearing his weight belt for, he had, he's had it for like ever since I was born, for yeah. decades and decades, and he just loves it. He just loves wearing it. And this whole time I've been like, ever since I became a trainer, I'm like, you just got to do some planks. That is your internal weight belt. So whenever you guys are thinking of the transverse abdominus, it is your innermost abdominal muscle that wraps around your spine like a weight belt. Cool. And those are our ab muscles. So why, other than looking super sexy, why do we need strong abs? Uh, another, ter- another word that I like to interchange with abs is the word core. Yes. And I actually prefer to use the term core. I would say um, abs has a really great ring to it. Um, but even when I'm teaching my classes and even when I am training clients, I generally say strengthening the core. And because if you think about it, the core really is the core of your body. So you have the core of the earth, right? It's that inner, it's the center of the earth. You have the core of your body. This is the center of your body. So it's really important to strengthen it for, for various reasons. One of the main reasons we want to have a strong core is because we want to keep our spine protected. The stronger our core is, the, the less lower back pain we're going to have in day-to-day life. And that's like the most common pain complaint, I think, at least among Americans, is yeah. lower back pain, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with lower back pain, uh, lower back pain can be fixed with people doing the proper core exercises. And also, if you strengthen the um, if you strengthen the core and if you strengthen your abdominals. So now if I interchange abs and core, really I mean the same thing. I just mean all those muscles now. The transverse, the obliques, and the the rectus abdominis. I, did you guys know you were going to get an anatomy lesson Yay! today? <laughs> we love anatomy. Uh, we should include some like visuals on the... Um, hmm. For our we'll show try notes. to include some in the show notes. Yeah, we can. Maybe we can... put some up on our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Oh, great, Joanna. And if you write on the Facebook page, Joanna will get back to you in two minutes. That's right, because we have great reaction. Time. I have nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> so the main purpose of strengthening the core is for stability. It's for stability and to um, reduce pain and to also maintain balance in the body. The stronger your core is also the better balance you have. I was going to um, say, they. I remember all of our dance teachers in college were like super focused on strengthening your core. And you can tell when you watch professional dancers, like they, they have so much control over their limbs and you can tell it's because like the center of their body is so strong. Mm-hmm. And, and in the dance world, they even call it, their, their center, lift mm-hmm. from your center. They don't even use the term core or abs. They just call it the center because really it is. Um, so, so it is really important to have strong abs. Um, and then also from 
this might be getting kind of deep into the, the, the female perspective. <laughs> sure. It's let's also, go there. It's also great for our, you know, pelvis, <laughs> vaginal area. Did I just sure. say vaginal? You're allowed to say I, vaginal. I did. I did. We're talking anatomy. And, uh, yeah, it helps keep everything strong and in place. So it's, uh, it's important to have strong abs, not necessarily for an aesthetic reason, but it's important to have strong abs because you will perform daily life activities much better. Uh, having a strong core will help your uh, pain levels. And they will they will reduce your back pain, and then just having a strong center is really critical for helping with your balance and helping with your coordination. So I think there are probably going to be two groups of normal people on the issue of abs. Mm -hmm. One group of normal people saying, "I want to, yeah, yeah, all that stuff about lower back pain is fine, but I want strong abs because I want to look hot." Mm -hmm. uh, and the other group of normal people saying. I am so far away from having abs that look hot, I'm not going to bother working on them at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so normal people in that second category, hello, I am your person. Um, <laughs> Daphne says we have to do it anyway, so uh, fine. We'll talk about what we're, what we're going to do with not having the goal of, uh, of having sexy abs. First group of people, um, let's talk about how to get sexy abs in the way that will also help you avoid lower back pain yeah. and protect your spine and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like that first group who want to work on their abs for like an aesthetic reason, um, I wanted to talk about like what people envision or what they sort of think of when they think of like rock hard abs mm -hmm. versus what is a realistic goal. Um, do you have anything to say about that? Like I if, do. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I mean, just imagine you're you're on a beach and everyone is... The beach is the great equalizer of the world. You see people in all shapes and sizes. And, you know, the great thing is nobody's really worried about anybody else but themselves. So oh, but no we're one's... so worried about ourselves, though. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the thing. We are. And, um, you know, for people who... Who are, have a very strong goal of toning their abs because they're abdominals or their stomachs have to be on display and we can totally make it happen you know we can totally make it happen it, it might require some work and I will tell you this right now it will require way more than just doing crunches and we're going to talk about why that's not a good idea uh, it, it does involve a lot more but it is possible to reduce overall body fat on your body and it is possible to strengthen your core, so it does look like you have some definition. Um, uh, but you know me, I'm always in this world of balance, and I never want anyone doing anything too crazy if it's just for a beach day or if it's just to look sexy for their partner or if it's just because they really just want a flat stomach. And and, and I hear you, like, that's a really normal desire totally. most people want. Yeah, and so. I think, you know, it's all about, like, moderating, like, setting a real... A realistic goal for yourself it's it's not I'm not trying to say like no one should want this mm -hmm. but I think what I because we, we all do so why bother saying that we shouldn't mm -hmm. um but to say that like the people you see in magazines who are like fitness models um who have like super defined abs they are putting an amount of effort into that that is not realistic and, also not sustainable. and not sustainable for the average person yeah. who's not making their money by posing for read, fitness advertising. I read an interview with a male fit, uh, it was a male fitness model and he was saying that he just had to switch his mindset 
And he had to just brainwash himself essentially to believe that food is no longer pleasurable and you are not eating food for any type of fun whatsoever. And and I was like, what kind of a life is that? But then also those of you normal people out there who have convinced yourself that eating for pleasure is bad or doesn't exist and aren't fitness models, like that's an issue. That's an, yeah, right. If you're, if you're doing that and not even getting paid for it, like give yourself a huge break because Mm -hmm. if it is not like it, it's maybe bad. Like, even if you are getting paid for it, if you're not even getting paid for it, like let that go because mm-hmm. there's no reason to take that away from yourself. Totally. So, so my point about like what we want to look like versus what is realistic or healthy is like, um, don't make a fitness model your goal because that requires doing a lot of stuff that normal people can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is realistic to like strengthen your core and expect that there will be some like aesthetic and there will be. bonuses from that. You. Yeah, I guarantee you. I've seen it. I've done it. Or <laughs> like with clients. Yeah. And and we're going to tell you how. So, speaking about that, um one thing you were just talking about like um the fitness model like having to sort of get rid of the idea that like food was pleasurable. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go that far. But one thing that I think you see on sort of like fitness inspiration Pinterest or fitness inspiration Instagram, which can both be like dangerous, scary places, I would not recommend you go there, um, is this idea of like eating for abs. So is that a real thing? Like what's the deal? Um, You know, nutrition is so important and nutrition is so key and filling your body full of nutrient dense foods uh, is such a, it's such a huge part of my life or focusing on that with all my clients and with everyone eating for abs. I, I have to come out and say this in order to see the, the, the work you put into your core, if you are doing core exercises and if you are, um, if you are living an active lifestyle, uh, eating for abs, it's totally a a real thing. You have to really focus on nutrition and nutrition is key. So if, but then the thing is eating for abs, it just goes back to my normal nutrition rules, my, my rules for normal people. And, um, there is not one food in particular that is going to make you wake up tomorrow morning with a six pack. There are foods that can help, but these are foods that are going to help with overall muscle definition. So we're basically, we're just talking about high protein foods here. However, um, and so eating for abs, yes, it's a real thing in the sense that if you are not overeating and if you are not storing fat and if your body is burning fat, it is going to pull it from your stomach. The majority of people, when people do start reducing body fat, Um, the majority of people are going to lose it from their abdominals first, uh, for women who might be more apple shaped, uh, it's definitely going to pull it from your abs and your chest first. Um, and for men generally, it's also the, the abs, Mm -hmm. um, because that's where our body stores fat first. So it, it is going to, to pull from there. And I think it's also important to know that getting great abs, there's no such thing as spot training. And so you just have to reduce body fat overall. And so, yes, eating properly and eating nutrient-dense foods and getting protein first thing in the morning and then also giving yourself a cutoff time at night. Yes, that's what I consider eating for abs. However, there are foods that do not make your abs look good. 
<laughs> Shall we go over yeah, let's talk these about foods? Um, the main one for me is alcohol. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, this is going to be some tough love. I know, yeah. Uh, for some of our people who listened to our alcohol episode, yeah. they thought they got off scot-free. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so alcohol is one of the, the top bloating things you could possibly ingest. And, um, I mean, anyone, tell me you haven't gone out for a night of crazy, like, like whoever goes out for a night of, you know, fun and debauchery and wakes up totally hungover the next morning and thinks, Ooh, I look thinner today than I did. Like, that's just not like said no one ever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So alcohol is actually something that I, uh, steer clear from. And once again, I'm all about everything in moderation or not steer clear from all the time. Of course not. (laughs) Oh, please. Um, but I, I definitely don't go overboard and I recommend that my clients don't go overboard. And I feel this is just my personal opinion. If someone does have very, very big goals and if they really do want to see a change in their body and they do want to see their abs, um, cutting back on alcohol is a very small sacrifice to make. So yeah, eating for abs, totally a real thing, but not a thing to go nutso about. And it's not different from like eating for health overall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no magic food. Bummer. That that would have made a great episode if there was a magic food. You would tell me, right? If there was a magic food. I promise, Joanna, I would tell you if there was some magic food that we could all ingest. We'd have a one episode podcast. Just one more magic food. Here it is. It's beans. The end. Yeah, it's the end and we're done. Podcast over. <laughs> all right. So once we've done our, our healthy eating and our cutting back on booze, I assume we need to do some exercises. And what I assume this means is that you are going to tell me some exercises and I'm going to do them. I am. (laughs) Okay, so everyone, here is my perfect core routine that I recommend everyone do two times a week. Not every day? Not every day. No, you never want to do the same thing two days in a row because you're working the same muscle group and it actually hasn't had a chance to recover yet. Muscles make fitness gains during recovery. So you always want to give whatever you, whatever muscle you're working, you always want to give it a full day of recovery because that's when it repairs and rebuilds from all, all the mini micro tears we're putting it through. Okay. So the very, uh, so with ab exercises, it's about quality, not quantity. I want all you listeners out there to promise me that you will never lie down on your back and do 200 crunches Ever. You promise yeah. that easily, not a problem. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like that's such a um, old school concept too, to just do 200 crunches every night. And you hear that too. People think like, I'm just going to do 200 crunches every night. So all you're doing is hurting your neck and um, you're not getting any stronger. You're not getting into any stronger because you're only working the rectus abdominis. Um, which is fine. That might get a little bit stronger, but think about it. If that's all you're working, you're essentially pulling your body forward and you're essentially collapsing your body in because these muscles in your stomach are just getting tighter. You're not necessarily flattening your stomach. So, um, take out this whole 200 crunches every night. So what I recommend is doing this workout two times a week. And it's an exercise for every muscle group that we just talked about including, and I consider this a part of your core, including a lower back exercise. Mm -hmm. So a lower back exercise, especially when we are really training the rectus abdominis, think of the rectus abdominis as the front of your, of your body is your washboard. 
we have to make sure we do compensatory exercises so that we don't become too front dominant. Right now in day-to-day -day life, I see most people are too chest dominant, too front dominant, and too quad dominant. And people have weak hamstrings, weak butts, weak lower backs, weak upper backs, and that's where a lot of pain, imbalance, and injury comes from. If you do this ab circuit, this will improve your quality of life. <laughs> so the first, uh, every ab circuit I do, I always like to start with a an exercise to work your transverse abdominus. That's our donut, right? It's the donut, yeah. This is the donut. I mean, our internal weight belt, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I do like donut, though. But let's say internal donut. Because sure. if we say external donut, then people right. might think so. That's what you're trying to get rid of. <laughs> so our internal donut. So we're going to start with a plank. So just a basic forearm plank. So Joanna's going to put her forearms on the ground, and she can clasp her hands. Um, or you can put your hands apart to make it a little bit easier. And you put your body up into a plank position. So I'm like my, my sort of like fleshy part by my pinky is on the ground, and my elbows are on the ground. Yep. Looking good. Looking good down there. <laughs> and then now what you want to do, you want to lock your shoulders down and back so your shoulders are pulled away from your ears. Uh -huh. You want to make sure your body's in a complete straight line. You inhale through your nose and you exhale through your mouth. Ooh. Every time you exhale, your waistline is going to get smaller. And then now here's the most important thing. Hold a Kegel. So girls, ah. <laughs> the Kegel is the all-important muscle. It's the innermost. This is how we activate the transverse you squeeze your PP muscles. <laughs> so <laughs> you pretend like you have to pee really bad. And really, like I'm doing one right now. <laughs> I can't see you doing one, Joanna, but I think you are. I'm flopped out of are my you? plank. <laughs> but you can still do a Kegel even if you're flopped. That's true. So your Kegel. I'm doing it. Yay, everyone. Are you guys all Kegeling out there? So essentially you're squeezing your vagina muscles. And that's how you really activate your core. If you squeeze your vagina muscles um, every single day of your life, all the time, great, you're activating your core, but especially during ab exercises, not just the plank. So the plank is gonna strengthen your transverse abdominus. Hold it for 30 seconds. 30 Work your, seconds. 30 seconds. Work your way up to a minute. Um, do I do that like three times? Yeah, three times through. So we'll, we'll go over the circuit. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, if I don't have a vagina, what muscles oh, am so I Oh, so the boys, you, you squeeze your um, butthole. <laughs> word for that i mean i guess like the like more anatomy word would be like anus and that's what i yeah i was like about to say that but then butthole sounded better <laughs> it's pretty hard to like guys pretend like you have to go number two really bad and then squeeze it in that's sure. that's what that's what i'm gonna say because for girls it's pretending like you have to pee really bad right that's how you squeeze your kegel so for guys pretend like you have to um you know we know. I don't know. I feel like butthole is better than all of this. All right. So I've got my plank <laughs> to work on my internal donut. What's next? Okay. Next, let's do some side planks. So we're going to work your internal and external obliques right now. This is my flank stake. This is your flank stake. This is your waistline. And this is how we get a wonderful toned waistline. And this is actually how we get rid of the kind of glove handle-y area. Mm. So for the side plank, I really love the side plank. You can just hold this one too. You just get down on your side and you put your forearm on the ground. And then all you do is you make sure your shoulder's directly over your elbow. And then you can take your other hand, put it behind your head. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then you stack your feet, and if that's too hard, you can put one foot in front of the other. You can stack your feet and then lift your whole body up and just hold it. 
So you're gonna feel this in the obliques that are facing the ground. And now if you wanna make this harder, you can do a side plank crunch where you bring that top elbow down to the bottom. Yeah, just like this. Ooh. Yeah, and you're gonna feel this in your waistline. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. And for anyone who has any shoulder issues, um, and Joanna, that's actually why I haven't had you do too many of these just in day-to-day -day yeah. life because of your shoulder. You can do this with shoulder issues, but you would modify by, instead of stacking your feet, putting one foot in front of the other. And it's a little bit easier that way. Sure. Yeah, and then as your core gets stronger, um, you'll feel it's much easier. So I that's sort of feel like um like a bathing beauty with my, yeah, my, right? uh, uh, my upper hand behind my head. Yeah, yeah. You look like you're like a nineteen forties. That's right. Um from those like synchronized swimming. Mm, yeah, like an Esther Williams movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's how we work your obliques. There are some other exercises that also work your obliques, any type of rotation exercises, like a torso twist or a bicycle. Um, bicycle, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to call them bicycle crunches, but people call them bicycle crunches. I'll just call them bicycles. Bicycles also activate your obliques, anything that's twisting, anything that's rotating, but I love the side plank just for really, really getting in there. So if you kind of imagine already, we, we've started this process of, of stabilizing your spine. Like everyone just imagine your spine and we're working on the muscles that are just surrounding it. So the next thing we want to do is we want to work the front wall of your stomach, the rectus abdominis. This is the, the ab muscle that I think is probably the easiest to work because it's so commonly talked about. Mm -hmm. I like to do a plethora of things for this. I love to do reverse crunches or full sit-ups. Normal bicycles, they also activate the rectus in addition to the oblique, so you're almost killing two birds with one stone for that one. Um, and then we'll include pictures of, of all of these bad boys. Can we talk about reverse crunch for a second? So mm -hmm. how do we do that one? So for the reverse crunch, you're going to lie down on your back. I love it already. And, and, <laughs> and you get to either put your hands underneath your butt cheeks, or if you're a little stronger, put your hands out to your sides. Uh -huh. And then if you're really strong, you can actually put your hands underneath your head, neck, and shoulders and lift them up the and stay up the entire time. Ooh. For the reverse crunch, all you do is you pop your, your feet are up in the air. Mm -hmm. You pop your hips up in the air. And then, yeah, and then using your abdominal wall, you control on your way down. Ah, do you feel control. it? Yeah. And then try to... I feel to... like you can hear my belt hitting yeah. the ground. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> and then the goal is to try to get your hips up pretty high. And then uncurling one ab muscle at a time. And then full sit-ups are just, you know, easy breezy full sit-ups. And then the last thing... Wait, can we talk about full sit-ups for a second? Mm -hmm. So I feel like every, like, person I've ever had talk to me about exercise has different ideas about, like, what you should or should not do yeah. during full sit-ups. What do you think so about in terms of form? In terms of form, I actually like to refer, refer back to some Pilates stuff. Do them really slow. And you roll up one vertebrae at a time. You can literally start on your back, put your feet on the ground, reach your arms up above your head, sit up nice and slow, and visualize your six-pack muscles like kind of stacking on top of each other as you reach, you sit up, and then you roll down one vertebrae at a time, and then you imagine your six-pack muscles uncurling as you lie back down. And so it's less about momentum. Remember, it's quality, not quantity. So even eight of these, mm -hmm. like when I do these with my clients, I only have them do eight. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Pilates world, it's just the Pilates. It's called the Pilates roll-up. Yeah. The Pilates oh. roll-up, they do them with the legs straight. And I do that sometimes too. Yeah. Which is a little bit harder. And then the last thing to do. So imagine now we just did all this stuff for the front wall of your stomach and everyone I'm just gonna have everyone visualize right now say 
Envision a person who only does push-ups. Like imagine, imagine like a big burly guy who's just kind of like hunched over, and he mm-hmm. he you know has like a big chest, and but he's like kind of like right. he looks like caveman, right. and he, he sort of and he talks like this. Like this. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like you know like a um you know very like Neanderthal. Okay, so that person has weak back muscles, and that's what's gonna happen to you if you only do. <laughs> If you only do abs and if you only do push-ups. So you can't just do push-ups and abs. You have to do your compensatory exercises to correct your posture and to open you back up and to make you a balanced, happy, healthy human. So the last exercise I do is any type of lower back extension, just lying flat on the ground on your stomach. I like to reach your arms multiple directions. You can either reach your arms forward, do a Superman. You can reach your arms to the side. This is called an airplane. Or you can reach your arms down uh, towards your hips and that's called the locus. And you keep your keeping your legs locked straight. Lift your legs and your chest and your arms off the ground. You're gonna feel your back muscles squeeze and yeah. then down. And how, do you feel that? Like, totally. do you totally feel that? Yeah. yeah. And then this is the compensatory exercise to guarantee that the um, ab exercises don't affect your posture. I really like this one. I love this one. It's. I feel like um, like I definitely feel it, and it is work. But there's something about like the compensatory exercise that feels I love compensatory different. exercises. Yeah. It feels like you're sort of like evening stuff out. Yes, yes, good. That's exactly Yay, Joanna. That's exactly <laughs> how I love doing the Superman, especially after like if life has gotten crazy and I haven't gotten a chance to, you know, work out as consistently or if I've been traveling, mm-hmm. the first time I do that, I literally feel like myself again. It just like realigns that, your spine. It corrects your posture. It opens up your chest. It opens you back yeah. up world. I feel like if you sit at a desk all day, yeah. that kind this of stuff would exercise. be really great. Mm-hmm. I teach a corporate class and, and I see people at their desks, you know, <laughs> like right when I see their whole entire office space and they were there the entire time. Uh, they're, they're there for like, you know, 10 hours a day. And whenever I work them out in the evenings, I'm like, okay, this one's for you guys. Because I know you are at your computers all day long because I see it when I walk in here. Mm -hmm. And um, the compensatory exercise for that is definitely lower back extension. So your supermans, your airplanes, or your locusts. Um, Or just doing uh, standing rows. And that's a completely separate exercise. But you guys should all be doing that too. Cool. So once we have our four exercises, how should we incorporate that into our, um, like, our workout routine. I recommend doing this ab circuit that I've provided for you two times a week, either in addition to another workout or just on its own. If you're going to do this before a run, I just gave it away. Do this before a run. If you're going to run, if you're going to attach this to a run, anytime you combine a run with a different type of workout, say you're going to do some arms or abs, always do the strength part before your run. You always want to reserve the exercises for before you run because you need the most amount of energy to, to ensure that you have proper form. And oh, then go ahead and run it out. Yeah. So if this ab circuit takes you 10 minutes to do, go ahead and do this first, then go hop outside for a 30-minute run. Um, or if you are doing a strength training workout or some type of, type of high-intensity interval training workout, you can go ahead and put this anywhere in it. Um, anywhere. You can start with it. You can put it in the middle. Maybe start with some lower body if you are going to do some strength training. But um, like this ab circuit I gave you, this is exactly what I do in my hit it class. Um, in my hit it class, I always do 30 seconds of a plank, 30 seconds of a bicycle, 30 seconds of some side planks, 30 seconds of a reverse crunch, and then we do lower back extensions, and then we repeat that three times. Okay. So that's another thing that I want to stress. Each one of these um, planks you want to do about 30 seconds. If you can work your way up to a minute, awesome. If you can work your way up to two minutes, takes a while. Um, 
you know, go for it. And then all the rest of the ab exercises, you only need to do between 15 and 25 reps of these. You should never have to do 200 of anything. <laughs> Good advice. Cool. So we'll do like 15 to 20 of each exercise and we'll go through the whole thing mm -hmm. three times. Exactly. And then if you only have 10 minutes, just do this. Yeah. Just do this in your living room. And the thing is, it's totally equipment free. So you can do this. On, you don't even need a mat if you're if you have a rug or if your floor is clean, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I think the best, um, also some really great advice is you can't just, okay. So you can do these exercises and your core will get stronger and you will feel better. However, to actually see the results, you have to do a little more as well. You have to make sure you're drinking water you have to make sure you're not overeating. You have to make sure you just go to bed a little hungry every night. If you go to bed a little hungry every night and if you're doing weekly core routines, I promise you, you will wake up the next mornings feeling flatter and tighter every morning. Um, but also doing appropriate workouts for your other workouts. For me, my, um, my thing that I truly, truly, truly feels like, or I truly, truly, truly feel like gets rid of belly fat the quickest, outdoor runs in the sun. Mm. That's that's mine. I mean, I figured this out when I was 14 years old and I went on my very first run and was like, wait a minute. The next morning I was like, my stomach, it looks so different. And and that's why I'm a personal trainer. No, <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot changed for me then and there. And then I've experienced that with it's weird, though. It doesn't affect me on the treadmill or when hmm. I'm when I run on the treadmill, my abs don't look different the next day. But when I run outside, I do notice a difference the next day. So it's something about being outdoors. It engages so much of your core to run uh, that. And I also feel like that cardio just melts, especially in the sun. Notice I said sun. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to find some sun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, get a little cardio in there to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's um. I say for everyone, even if you're not ready to make too many crazy changes right now, at least bring in the core exercises to make your body a more happy, healthy, and balanced, pain-free body. So I'm going to see if I can do a little takeaway. Um, so our abs, short for abdominals, are actually a set of muscles that, that sort of make up our core. So there's the... Um, rectus abdominis, which is the washboard in the front. Mm -hmm. There's the internal and external obliques, which are the flank stakes on the sides. <laughs> and then there's the internal donut. Transverse. Transverse abdominis, um, which is like our internal weight belt that wraps around our spine. Um, and it's important to have strong abs, not just so that we can look super foxy, but also so that we can protect our spine and protect against lower back pain and um, so that we can do awesome stuff with our bodies. Um, in terms of what we eat, um, eating a nutritious and healthful diet, um, giving ourselves a cutoff time, all the stuff that you normally recommend nutrition-wise is important in terms of being able to like see your abs um, and get rid of body fat. Um, but also ab exercises. Um, and I remember these because my abs are still... <laughs> <laughs> quivering <laughs> so we had our plank for our internal donut we had the side plank for our flank steaks and we had the um reverse, reverse crunch or the like pilates type or a roll up roll up yeah. for our washboard uh and then for our back to 
compensate for all those front exercises, we have the Superman uh, or the airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about quality, not quantity. Um, don't do 200 crunches every night. Instead, do this circuit twice a week as part of your other workouts or just when you're watching TV. Um, and we'll all be fitness models. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> segment that we call What Your Trainer Eats, where we talk to Daphne about what an actual personal trainer eats in her day-to-day life. And today I want to talk about snacks, because snacks are a danger zone, especially I think afternoon snacks between lunch and dinner. That's where things can really go off the rails in terms of like eating a ton of empty calories um, or uh, like having a a new snack every five minutes until it's dinner time and then you're not hungry for dinner. So what do you eat for snack? And it's also around this time too that kind of towards the end of the day, maybe people have been at work all day and maybe they have experienced some stress. Maybe they're bored or sad. Maybe they're bored or sad or, you know, feeling, feeling all the feels. And that's a lot of times when I find for me emotional or what I've noticed with people, emotional snacking comes during this 4 p.m., 5 p.m. slump and then late at night. It's weird. Like, breakfast and lunch, everyone's like, oh, I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah, I make such great choices for um, breakfast. And then at lunch, yeah, our whole office, we, like, get salads catered in. It's always these, it's the other gray zones when we are a little bit mentally fatigued and we're not really thinking for ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're just letting our emotions do a little bit of the talking. So, I have a lot of recommendations for this, but something that I do want to... Uh, Something that I'm so excited to talk about, which I've definitely shared with Joanna, and Joanna does this too. Um, I call them my purse snacks. Purse snacks. So these are the snacks that I have in my bag all the time. Like this, my canister of purse snacks is never empty. And that way when 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. hits, I'm prepared. And Prepared panda. Prepared panda. And instead of making a choice that might not be the best for me, um, I could very well, you know, if I'm out and about, you can stop by um, a coffee shop and buy a cookie, or you Mm -hmm. can go to a bodega and buy some Swedish fish, um, (laughs) or you can go to, uh, you know, uh, anywhere and pick up anything, any type of convenience food um, or any type of pastry. And instead, uh, since it's kind of an immediate thing, if the food is right there on you, if the snack is right there on you, chances are you'll go for it right away. Chances are you're actually a little bit physically hungry at this point in time too. And it fills you up in a good way, and then it holds you over until dinner. So here's what I'm gonna recommend for people who have who carry around a bag, or for people who have a desk job and you have a desk that you can put some stuff in. Uh, I call these my purse snacks, and I have a Tupperware that I, fill with lots of wonderful things. I put almonds, I do cashews and walnuts, I do dark chocolate chips, and then I also do dried fruit. Um, I like dried fruit. I know you're going to hear a lot of a lot yeah, of stuff. People I'm not like a super sulfates. fan of dried fruit. I'm sort of like I like meh, some. In it the depends. Middle. It depends on the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it depends on the fruit. But my logic is You know, better to have some dried fruit with a little bit of sulfites (laughs) versus um, something that 
a bag of Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. Or in the summer, I always end up at when I'm like really 4 p.m. y and it's and it's like hot out and it's New York. I'm like I'm gonna go to taste or uh, 16 handles. Yeah, get and some I'm gonna get a frozen yogurt the size of my body, <laughs> and then I just pack it, and then it's just gummy bears and rainbow cookies. They have Italian rainbow cookies as a <laughs> topping, and it's funny with me frozen yogurt. I can't do, I can't do healthy frozen yogurt. Like I can't mm. put fruit on my frozen. yogurt. I can't I put go fruit back in granola. Forth. I go all like if this is not neon colored, and if <laughs> this not is not covered in chocolate and gummy, gummy bears and only colored candies. Um, I don't want it. So so my toppings, I'm like, oh, cookie dough and brownies. And, and then I'm like, oh, it's frozen yogurt. So this is my way of, and, and I totally treat myself to that, you know, every once in a while in the summers. For me, that is so symbolic of summer in New York City. I notice I almost said Tasty V. And then I yeah. had to stop myself and I have to, no. to be like, oh my gosh, I think that company is like defunct. So we call them purse snacks. Um, you can call them desk snacks. Just get a Tupperware that, you know, closes and is secure. And you are going to go to either your Whole Foods or um, whatever grocery store you Trader can. Joe's is great for Trader this Trader Joe's stuff. has such good snacks and fruits and stuff. I love Trader Joe's yeah. almonds. You can get some really great raw almonds from Trader if Joe's, too. If you have a co-op or somewhere where you can get bulk stuff, it's really great for doing this um, because often nuts and dried fruit are cheaper if you can buy them in bulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've posted a picture of this before, but Daphne gave me one of those Talenti gelato <laughs> containers, and I have it. I have it with me right now. It's full of almonds and dark chocolate chips, and I have it with me all the time. Yeah, and it's it sort of reminds me. You talk about the apple trick when you're trying to decide if you should eat or not. Think like, am I hungry enough to eat an apple? Mm-hmm. I feel like carrying snack mix with you um, is sort of a way of doing that for yourself. It's like. I'm hungry right now. I should buy a snack. Well, I have snack mix in my bag. Am I hungry enough to eat the snack mix? Yes, that I'm actually hungry and I can either just eat my snack mix or maybe I can buy a snack if I want to. But it sort of takes out that like, well, I don't have anything, so I have to buy this giant cookie. It eliminates that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it completely eliminates that. And I'm the same way with my snack mix too. If I'm not hungry, like, it's not appealing. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's there. And, And it's not like the same... You know, I mean, I, I, I'll finish it and then mm-hmm. re- refill it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the same snacks from five years ago <laughs> that just hang out in my purse. But yeah, I'm totally the same way. Like if I'm not actually hungry, then I don't, I don't touch it. But when I am really hungry, it saves my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a great trick. And another trick for me is, um, uh, you know, I recommend for a lot of people to work on, Somewhere where I feel like us humans, and I guess Americans, uh, something that we can really work on is not eating too late. And if, if something you are focusing on is just not having dessert, maybe Monday through Thursday, um, which is something that I try to do um, just to really work on, you know, cutoff time. I actually will think about what I would love to have for dessert that night, and then instead I'll have that as my 4 p.m. snack. So sometimes it is some type of cookie situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing Girl Scout cookies the past couple of days. Ah, yes. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and like, and I feel great about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a few cookies that are in a little Ziploc in my thing, and I am genuinely hungry at that time. And that has you know filled my quota for sweet treats for the day. And I still have all night to you know teach class and walk around and burn them off and train clients. And then I go into dinner, and then I'll finish my dinner, and that's it. And it makes a huge difference. So use what you would have for dessert um, if it's not like ice cream or 
cake, you know, maybe that, and that's harder to pack too. Right. Um, but you know, if it ends up being ice cream, that's totally fine too. So just, just a lot where your treat is going to be that day. Have your treat at 4 PM or mm-hmm. have your treat after dinner, you know, and do something super, um, a little bit more almond, a little bit more in the nut world, a little bit more in the protein world at 4 p.m. if you must. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think, too, a lot of times why we get in trouble with snacking is we start the day thinking that for some reason today will be different from every other day yeah. we've ever worked and we won't need a snack. Mm-hmm. But it's like, just accept that you're going to need a snack and plan yeah. for it. Like, mm-hmm. stop yeah. trying to avoid this thing that happens all the time. Yeah. Just have a plan yeah. so that you it doesn't, like, take you all the way off the rails. And then for me, um, so another connotation I think the word snack has, people talk a lot about mindless snacking. Mm. So say it's the weekend and you know you're going to be on the couch all day and you don't want to go outside. Um, just what uh, just what that is and mindless snacking is generally when you are not physically hungry, but it's more, um, it's more of a habit where people are, uh, if they're on the couch and if the TV is on, they are generally, they want to be eating something. Um, so there are a few ways to combat that as well. If that's something that you really want to work on, the first thing to do is to portion everything out. So to not actually have the full bag of either chips or pretzels or crackers or cookies in front of you to actually put some in a bowl, um, and then have those with you and, uh, put the bag away and don't, cause to, once you finish the bowl, it's, it's going to, your brain will say, Oh, I'm done. Whereas if it's the bag Um, you could potentially finish the whole thing without even realizing it because you're actually focused on the TV. That's why it's called mindless snacking. So first things first, give yourself a bowl. Put your snack in a bowl. Um, Secondly, if this is something that you really do want to work on and say that you want to have be able to disassociate couch time and TV time from snacking, um, then you need to start occupying that time with something else. So keeping your hands busy, painting your nails while you're watching TV, or knitting while you're watching TV, uh, or flossing, or putting in crust white strips, or any white strips, they don't have to be crust. Um, but <laughs> starting, and it takes, a, it takes the body three days to get rid of a habit, and um, so if you are able to do that for three days, like I know for me at night, if I get into this dessert routine of dessert in front of the TV, it's hard to break out of it, but then once I break out of it, um, I don't even think about it and then I finish dinner and then that's it. So really it's, it's totally possible to work on mindless snacking and it's okay to have snacks. I mean, there's nothing wrong with snacks. We yeah, love snacks. Even I your love my snacks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would die without them. <laughs> <laughs> so what your trainer eats for snack, uh, it's snack mix with some nuts and dried fruit and some dark chocolate chips maybe sometimes some Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Daphne. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.